You're listening to Up Your Game, a podcast all about sports. I'm Travis Harrison, joined once again by my good buddy, Ben Weir. How you doing tonight, man? Hey, I'm doing good, man. How you doing, Travis? Doing pretty well, thank you. Well, in this episode, we're going to be covering week six of college football. Man, hard to believe it just keeps going by week after week, already in week six. We're going to start things off in Tuscaloosa as the Alabama Crimson Tide we're plagued by turnovers and other mistakes, and once again, we're pushed to the brink by Texas A&M, this time with Bryce Young watching from the sideline. Things turned out differently this time, however. Jalen Milrow threw for three touchdowns in his first start, and number one Alabama made a final goal line stand to escape with a 24-20 victory over Texas A&M on Saturday night in a battle of backup quarterbacks. Playing without the injured Heisman Trophy winner Young, the Crimson Tide needed two late stops from Will Anderson Jr. and the defense. They got them, just barely, to survive four turnovers and two missed field goals against a team that beat the Tide 41-38 last season. Ben, what was your reaction to the final of this game? I was very surprised. I honestly didn't expect to watch this game at all because I expected this to be like a <laughs> 24-point blowout, but then when I saw Bryce Young wasn't playing, I was like, well, that might be an interesting game. But yeah, you've kind of already hit the nail on the head. I mean, four turnovers, that's not a Nick Saban coach team. Like, they don't make mistakes like this. I mean, missing the field goals they do because they just can't seem to find a kicker ever. But yeah, four turnovers in this game and making and having to do a stand on the two-yard line for the last play of the game was was incredible. But like, I mean, hats off to Texas A&M just Sticking it out. They, they really should have. Texas and m should have won this game, honestly. But but no, hats off to them. But yeah, I was really surprised with Alabama's play. Well, the number two team in the country, Georgia, gets held to an almost impossible standard these days. That goes with being the defending national champions. The Bulldogs had plenty to enjoy Saturday in a 42-10 victory against rival Auburn that started a little sluggish but turned into a laughter. Bennett sprinted 64 yards for a touchdown. Juwan Edwards scored three times on the ground, and number two, Georgia, ran over the listless Tigers. I think they were, I think Auburn just ran into Georgia at the wrong time because Georgia was probably pretty upset from last week. So they were just like, let's just destroy Auburn. So they got, they got back on track for sure, which I don't think is really any surprise to anybody. But yeah, it was definitely a good showing compared to last week against Mizzou. Yeah, definitely didn't want to mess around this time and just, you know, no. <laughs> leave no doubt whatsoever. <laughs> yes, <laughs> no mercy. Well, in East Lansing, C.J. Stroud lofted a pass to his left, slightly short of Marvin Harrison Jr., and the son of a former NFL star did the rest. Harrison made a twisting, leaping catch to snag football that was near his right cleat for his third touchdown to help Stroud tie a school record with six touchdown passes as number 3 Ohio State coasted to a 49-20 win over Michigan State on Saturday. The Buckeyes scored on their opening drive for the fifth straight game when Harrison caught his first of three touchdowns. It was an impressive performance by an offense without their main injured receiver and their running back, Mayan Williams. C.J. Stroud was 21 of 26 in this game for 361 yards, six touchdown passes. He did His one interception was a pick six. That was early on, but after that, he didn't look back. This was his third career game with six passing touchdowns, which is a Big Ten record. Stroud's last six quarters versus Michigan State, 47-53 of 53 for 717 yards, 10 touchdowns, and only the one interception. Ben, how impressive was Stroud and Ohio State in this win? Very impressive. And, I mean, again, like you've kind of mentioned it, I think Smith Njoku, I think he's only played one, like one, one or two games so far this year. He played the like first that. game and he went out in the first quarter. So he That's right. And then, and then done after that, yes. I mean, it's... 
it, it's just kind of scary. Like I, I know their schedule is going to get still not really that much harder. You got Penn state and Michigan definitely left as the biggest test for them. But like, I'm just thinking about when he gets back and how already high powered the offense is under Stroud. I mean, uh, I, these man, you guys have some hard names to say, but Emeka Egbuka, I think is how you say. It. I'm not sure. And then obviously Marvin Harrison. I mean, they both went off for over. I mean, Emeka went for 143 and Harrison went for 131. But just throw um, Smith in there, and my gosh, this team's going to be ridiculous. And then your run game with Travion Henderson, y'all are y'all are stacked on the offensive side of the ball. And it's, it's going to be scary once you guys can get everybody healthy and going. I, I definitely think you'll make a run for sure. What's crazy too is that Olave left early for the draft last year, you know, and is now Gosh. in the NFL. So like technically he should still be there. So there's another yeah. weapon. Oh, like, goodness. so I just sit there and think about that. Like, wow. <laughs> And and the sad, I mean, you don't even need him. Like, but yeah, no. but it'd be even more scary because like that's like four that's four receivers that are like top. You know, could be the top receiver on any other team, and they're all on Ohio State. So, you guys are going to be pretty darn good. Just get the defense and everything like that to stop the other team, and I think you'll be fine. Well, number four, Michigan won Saturday with Hart for Mike Hart after the running game coordinator collapsed on the sideline in the first quarter the wolverines regrouped at halftime returned to the wolverines football and performed like hart wanted cornelius johnson had a 29 yard touchdown reception early in the third quarter which gave michigan the lead and the jolt needed saturday to celebrate a 31-10 victory over pesky indiana without their beloved coach yeah i feel like michigan's lately been doing this though at the same time it's i mean they're relying a lot on the run game with blake corum and he's been fantastic for them, but uh, they're definitely going to need McCarthy to start stepping up a little bit. But I mean, he did finally kind of get it going, like you said, in the second half and towards the fourth quarter is basically when they kind of took over this game. I don't know. I don't. Michigan hasn't really impressed me as much. I haven't considered them one of the top five teams uh, as of yet because they really haven't played anybody either. Honestly, I mean, just looking over their schedule, but. We're going to see this weekend against Penn State, and again, then they'll have you guys coming up at the end of the year, but we'll see what happens when they finally get tested here. Yeah, Penn State will definitely be a good test for sure. Well, number five, Clemson. Their quarterback, DJ, broke free up the middle for a 40 yards before he was tripped by himself and crashed to the turf, 13 (laughs) yards short of the end zone. No matter, the Clemson quarterback finished the job with his arm on the next play. says, I thought for a second I'd be gone. (laughs) But he said after leading number five Clemson to a 31-3 victory over Boston College on Saturday night, and then reality hit. But but DJ did throw for 220 yards and three touchdowns, running for 69 more to help Clemson break the game open in the second half. He might have scored on a third and three from the Clemson 47 with about five minutes left if he could have stayed on his feet. Ben, Clemson (laughs) continues to just be plugging along this year as well, looking impressive. Yeah, they're looking pretty good. And DJ, I mean, besides, you know, uh, not being able to stand his two feet when he's running the ball, he's been doing pretty good, too. He's definitely um, rebounded from last year because I know last year they were, he was not very not very good. But he's been impressive. I mean, they've looking at the rest of their schedule, too, I, I think they got a pretty easy road to, to make it to the ACC championship game. So we'll see. Caleb Williams and the Southern California offense usually carried the Trojans to victory in their first five weeks under Lincoln Riley. Against high-scoring Washington State, the Trojans' defense showed it can step forward to meet the same standard that's kept USC unbeaten halfway through the regular season. Caleb Williams threw two touchdown passes to Mario Williams, and number 6 USC shut out the Cougars in the second half in a 30-14 victory Saturday night. Travis Dye, great name, rushed for 149 yards and a touchdown for the Trojans. 
who hadn't started a season with six consecutive wins since 2006, near the height of Coach Pete Carroll's powerhouse era. Those teams thrived on both sides of the ball, and the current Trojans are projected in the right direction. I mean, uh, I'm just happy they're proving me right, at least for right now. You're looking, you're looking <laughs> smart right now. You're looking smart. I'm looking good. I mean, we'll see what happens here in the next couple of games. But, I mean, they, they really do have such a great offense. I mean, they got Travis Dye, like you said, from he was a transfer from Oregon. I mean, they've got two other transfers with their quarterback and then their star receiver in Addison. But, like you said, I mean, their defense had helped them out here. Their offense wasn't necessarily clicking. And Washington State have been putting up some points this year. So, like, it's it's definitely all around. And I, I can see them still running the table, but we'll have to see here. The, the offense basically just can't have a game like that again against, like, say, Utah coming up and then UCLA as mm-hmm. well. So, we'll see. It's, it's going to be pretty good. Oklahoma State quarterback Spencer Sanders was responsible for three touchdowns in the Cowboys' 41-31 win against Texas Tech on Saturday inside Boone Pickens Stadium. The fourth-year starter helped change the course of the game with a two-yard touchdown run in the third quarter. The Pokes trailed by eight points. A jet sweep toss to Jaden Bray resulted in a successful two-point conversion try to tie the game. The Red Raiders were outscored 21-7 in the second half as Oklahoma State's defensive adjustments in the locker room at the midway break slowed down Texas Tech's attack led by quarterback Aaron Morton. Yeah, impressive. I mean, this is kind of a, a game that Oklahoma State typically loses. Uh, but it was good to see them come out at halftime and kind of get it all back together and, and take the win here. So we'll see if they can keep it going. But they typically have some kind of trip up coming up eventually, so that's why I'm feeling like it's going to happen soon. Well, as dynamic quarterback Hedden Hooker and his Tennessee teammates left the field on a mostly empty Tiger Stadium, nearly all the fans who remained were wearing orange and belting out the lyrics to Rocky Top. Hooker passed for two touchdowns. Jabari Small ran for 127 yards and two scores in number 8 Tennessee punished number 25 LSU for its mistakes and risk-taking in a resounding 40-13 victory on Saturday. A morning kickoff lured fans to Death Valley earlier than usual, and many were gone by the end of the third quarter when Tennessee led 37-7. Ben, Tennessee is a team that just continues to impress and continues to win week after week, and they're just quietly making a name for themselves but going about their business. Yeah, for real. Like I, I didn't have Tennessee on my radar whatsoever, and then this offense has been amazing. And this game was over on the kickoff. I mean, LSU fumbled the opening kickoff, and then Tennessee just basically never looked back from there. And a lot of people thought this was going to be a trap game because Tennessee's got Alabama this weekend. They looked great. Boy, they weren't looking ahead at all. They were focused on LSU, and I think they can give Alabama, even if Bryce Young is healthy, a pretty good, a pretty darn good game this weekend. So we'll see what happens there. But yeah, this is this is probably a dark horse of the SEC, honestly. I, and I don't think a lot of people saw this coming. Well, the ninth-ranked Mississippi Rebels got a glimpse of just how good they might be this season and how they handled trailing at halftime for the first time all season. Jackson Dart threw for a career-high 448 yards and three touchdowns, and Mississippi overcame a 10-point deficit and routing Vanderbilt 52-28 on Saturday for its first 6-0 start since 2014. The Rebels won their fourth straight in the series after trailing 2010 in the second quarter. Junkins ran for the first of his two touchdowns just before halftime. Then the Rebels added three more in the third quarter as part of a 35 straight point run. Same here with same as Tennessee. I didn't really know much about this Ole Miss team at all. And I mean, last week they should have lost to Kentucky, honestly. But like, still, they're they're doing yeah, they're going about their business. They're doing well. Offense is clicking. Jonathan Mingo, their receiver, had 200 and 
47 reception yards. That's crazy. Like it was, it was crazy. And I'm, I'm sure Lane Kiffin basically gave him the talk at halftime. Like, Hey, do you guys realize that Vanderbilt is, was beating you Vanderbilt? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that finally probably got under their skin and they finally took care of business. But yeah, they're, well, I'm interested to see if they can give Alabama a run for their money too, when they play them. I know I would have been offended if my coach was calling me out like that. So. <laughs> <laughs> Just write that one word on the whiteboard, Vanderbilt. <laughs> oh, man. Well, Dorian Thompson Robinson knocked another item off his revenge list Saturday by leading number 18 UCLA past number 11 Utah in an upset 42-32. The fifth-year senior said during the week leading up to the game that he had something to prove against the Utes, who had handily won five straight in the series by an average of 27 points. Thompson Robinson made sure that streak ended, passing for 299 yards and four touchdowns while also running for a score to lead the Bruins to their first 6-0 start since 2005. The fifth-year senior also became UCLA's career leader in passing yards. This is definitely a shocker for me because Utah was supposed to be the division, or not the division, but the Pac-12 winner this year. A lot of people were picking them to win the Pac-12. Yeah. Uh, but UCLA, I mean, they've come out of nowhere, and, and they're playing well. So I, I, it's definitely going to come down to that UCLA-USC game towards the end of the year. Thompson Robinson's been phenomenal. Zach, I think Charbonnet, I think is how you say it, the guy that came transferred from Michigan, uh, has been great for them as well. So we'll see if they can keep this up. But, I mean, he's he, he definitely has a chip on his shoulder, and he played well enough to, to keep them undefeated. Well, Noah Whittington surveyed the field while running to his right, making a quick cut to evade a tackle before sprinting up the field. Then the Oregon running back reached a speed no one else on the field could match, bursting past a half dozen Arizona defensive players on the way to the end zone. It was the first rushing touchdown of the game for the Ducks. There would be many, many others before the night was through. Bo Nix threw for 265 yards and ran for three touchdowns. Whittington added the superb 55-yard touchdown run and number 12, Oregon, rolled to a 42-22 victory over Arizona on Saturday. Ben, Oregon slowly just keeps climbing up the rankings. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> they don't care that they scored three points against Georgia week one. They just are like, we're just going to take care of business and show everybody that we're actually a good team and not that team from week one. Yeah, I'm interested. This Pac-12, honestly, this year is, is pretty deep, it seems like. Um, but we'll see, see if they can keep going up there. They're almost in the top ten now. Not only did South Carolina provide its initial Southeastern Conference victory away from home and never trailed while conquering number 13, Kentucky, 24-14 on Saturday night, the way a shorthanded Gamecocks imposed their will over the Wildcats made it even better. Coach said this was a really big win for us in so many ways. They had allowed 40-plus points in SEC losses to number 16, Arkansas, and top-ranked Georgia. We were missing so many guys. Proud of our team. It takes all three phases, and we did it. Spencer, Spencer Radler overcame two early turnovers and threw the go-ahead touchdown pass in the third quarter. Jalen Brooks ran for an insurance score midway through the fourth, and South Carolina scored 17 unanswered points for its third consecutive victory. Ben, Mark couldn't have been too happy about this one. <laughs> no, he wasn't very happy about it. Um, I'll defend Kentucky here, though. I mean, they were without their starting quarterback, but you've already mentioned, as as is true, though, South Carolina was missing a lot of people, and they've been kind of that way the whole entire year. So a very good win against the top 15 team, I know, even without Will Levis being out there for Kentucky. So good job to South Carolina and Spencer Rattler getting this win. Well, Army set out to curtail number 15 Wake Forest big play offense, so the Demon Deacons gashed the Black Knights in other ways. 
Christian Turner had two of number 15 Wake Forest, four rushing touchdowns and a 45-10 victory Saturday night. Demon Deacons put on an early clinic and rushing offense against an Army team that favors all-out running attack. Ellison led Wake Forest running backs with 96 yards on 11 carries with a touchdown. Ben, Wake Forest is a team that we haven't talked about really much at all this year that all of a sudden finds themselves ranked 15th in the nation. Yeah, I really think this is a good team, and and they really, honestly, should have beaten Clemson. I mean, they played them down to the wire, and that was one of the best games so far this year. Uh, but I feel like a team, a way to beat a team like Army or like Navy with a triple option is you just got to put up points and make them throw the ball, and they clearly are showing they can't throw the ball. I mean, Army didn't score any points here until the fourth quarter. They scored all 10 of their points in the fourth quarter. But, yeah, I definitely think Wake Forest can keep climbing as well. Um We'll just have to see what goes on with Sam Hartman, but he's been a very good quarterback for them. Well, in a game that featured the Mormons versus the Catholics, <laughs> Drew Pine threw for 262 yards and three touchdowns for the Irish, while running backs Diggs and Estime added a combined 199 y- 190 yards on the ground. And while Mayer emerged as the star of the game for the Irish, he refused to take any credit. The game was the 11th edition of Notre Dame's annual Shamrock Series and marked the first time the Irish faced a fellow FBS independent since a 44-6 victory over Army in 2016. Notre Dame improved to 11-0 all-time in a Shamrock Series in front of its crowd. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's good for Notre Dame. Uh, I mean, they've bounced back since they went 0-2 to start the season, won three in a row. Uh, it's, it's been huge for them, and then beating a ranked team like BYU, even though I, I still... BYU is kind of, I felt like, a little bit overranked. Probably shouldn't have been ranked anymore, but uh, definitely a good win for them. And um, keeping the Shamrock series undefeated, which is impressive. But shout out to Notre Dame, at least hanging on to this one. Well, Dugan passed for three touchdowns in the second half, including the game winning 24 yarder to Quentin Johnson with 136 left to cap a wild second half. And number 17, TCU beat num- 19th ranked Kansas 38 31 on Saturday. The Horned Frogs are out to their best start since 2017 after winning the matchup of surprise unbeatens. Dugan found Johnson 14 times for 206 yards, the most by a TCU receiver since 2016. Johnson entered Saturday with 12 catches for 114 yards and no touchdowns over four games. Ben, it's crazy to see both these teams were undefeated coming in, especially Kansas, I think, is the more surprising. But unfortunately, they finally fell here to TCU. Yeah, I mean, that, I, that, I was just, this game was, to me, was awesome. Just seeing two teams that you typically don't see there being ranked, especially Kansas. Kansas hasn't been good for years. But this did not disappoint at all. It was a great game. I, I do feel bad for Kansas, but hats off to their backup quarterback who came in and played phenomenal for Jalen Daniels, who got hurt through four touchdown passes. Jason Bean, he did have a one really bad pick. But I'm happy they kept Kansas ranked. I really was happy to see that they kept them in the top 25. They deserve to be up there. They're a very good team. TCU is playing out of their minds. They definitely deserve to be up there. I think they're playing Oklahoma State this weekend, so we'll have to see how well and see if they've actually hit the plateau of um, being you know, in the big top of the Big 12. But we'll see what happens there. But no, TCU is playing phenomenal offensively and defensively. Adrian Martinez passed for 246 yards, rushed for 77, helping the Wildcats improve to 5-1 overall and 3-0 in the Big 12. Chris Tennant kicked a 30-yard field goal with 7-14 left in the fourth quarter to provide the winning margin. Brooks finished with 119 yards on four receptions, and Knowles made five catches for 108. The Kansas State duo also accounted for two of the game's defining plays. 
The Wildcats scored when Martinez ducked under a potential sack, then heaved the ball to Leaping Brooks, who maintained his balance and scored. Ben, this game was only 10-9, but Kansas State got the job done. Yeah, how many th- how many fans do you think were actually awake for this whole game? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I mean, Kansas State, is they're rolling, man. I mean, they're definitely doing pretty good uh, and got the upset over Oklahoma last week. But, yeah, they're doing well. Adrian Martinez has proven people wrong uh, ever since coming over from Nebraska. So, good for him. Good for Kansas State. Uh, I know it was a low-scoring game, but good job to at least win on the road. Well, the Arizona State quarterback prepared as if he was going to be the starter no matter where he was on the depth chart or how bad his foot hurt. A mentality that paid off in a huge way for the Sun Devils. Called into action after Emory Jones was injured. Borgett threw for three touchdowns and orchestrated Arizona State's offense to near perfection in a 45-38 victory over number 21 Washington on Saturday that gave interim coach Sean Aguno his first victory. He's not the tallest or strongest, but he had the traits to be a good quarterback, his coach said. Once you have that opportunity, make sure you take advantage of it, and he did just that. I I was shocked to see, especially with the backup quarterback coming in and not having played at all, uh, throwing three touchdown passes against I thought it was a pretty okay defense from Washington. But, yeah, very surprised. Arizona State really has a lot bad going on. I mean, Herman Edwards just got fired not too long ago. So it's a good win for the program, a good win for the for the new coach there. So good job to Arizona State to pull this upset off. In a game that was never close, Mississippi State beat SEC rival Arkansas 40-17. to Then the Razorbacks started out strong this year, winning for their first three games. Now they've lost three. They were all the way up to inside the top 10, and now they find themselves unranked. What do you think has happened here with Arkansas? Were they really just not as good as people thought, or are they, are they finally playing better competition? Uh, it's hard because, I mean, I, I know last I, – so this, this game, I'm going to give them credit because K.J. Jefferson, their starter, wasn't playing. So I do feel like that's a lot of momentum for him not being on the field for them as starting quarterback. Uh, I think Mississippi State's got a very good team. I think uh, their quarterback, Will Rogers, is an underrated quarterback. I do think Arkansas might have been a little bit overhyped. Uh, I mean, they, they kind of came back against Bama and made it a game, but then Bama kind of finished it towards the end. I think it's a little bit of both. I think it's a little bit they might have been overhyped and just they just got a kind of rough go of it almost in a way. Well, McClellan's 35-yard touchdown run with 9.24 left remaining put the Bearcats ahead to stay, helping them extend the nation's second-longest home-winning streak to 30 games. Only Clemson's 37-game streak is longer. Cincinnati's won 18 consecutive games against American Athletic Conference opponents. South Florida made things difficult for the Bearcats, taking three leads, the last at 24-21 early in the fourth quarter on Gary Bohannon's 16-yard touchdown pass to Xavier Weaver. The two had earlier combined on a nine-yard touchdown pass. But in the end, it was number 24, Cincinnati, coming out on top, 28-24. I mean, you got to feel for South Florida. I mean, they've played two top 25 teams this year and played them pretty darn well, even though they're not having a good year and could have pulled off both of the upsets and just, just couldn't get the deal done. But yeah, Cincinnati, very impressive, 30 in a row at home. I mean, they've, they've, definitely, they've definitely proven out of the top Power five teams, they're, they're one of the best um, for sure. But, yeah, good job for Cincinnati to pull this off. We're going to go through the top 25 teams now after week six. Georgia finds its way back up to number one after taking time off last week. Ohio State also leaped over Alabama as they find themselves number two, which is the highest they've been all season. Alabama dropped two spots to number three. 
Clemson jumped over Michigan to number four. Michigan fell to number five. Tennessee up two spots to number six. USC down one to seven. Oklahoma State down one to eight. Ole Miss remains at ninth. Penn State, 10. UCLA, biggest jump of the week, up seven all the way up to 11th. Oregon stays at 12. TCU up four spots to 13. Wake Forest up another spot to 14. NC State down one to 15. Mississippi State up seven to 16. Kansas State up three to 17. Syracuse up four to 18. Kansas State put at 19. Utah, biggest drop of the week, down nine spots to 20. Cincinnati up three to 21. Kentucky also sharing in that most drop, down nine spots to 22. And then from not ranked to ranked is Texas, who, Ben, once again, Oklahoma getting boomed week after week. They just, oh, my goodness. If, if that nickname couldn't fit anybody even better, I mean, I know, oh my I know their quarterback wasn't playing, but, I mean, 49-0 against rival Texas. I mean, you got to be able to put up some yeah. points. But, he couldn't have helped them. Yeah, he, yeah. there's no way. No. But anyways, pro- good for Texas, though, up to 23rd. Find themselves ranked again. Illinois 24th from not being ranked. And then James Madison, 25th. They are undefeated right now. So that's your top 25 here in the nation for college football after week six. You've been listening to Up Your Game, a podcast all about sports. Travis and Ben signing off.